Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, Chris and I are giving our rapid reaction to the Steelers' 26-24 win over the Indianapolis Colts. A squeaker of a win, but a win no less. Uh, the Steelers move to 4-4 four and four on the year. They are back to 500 and back to legitimately talking about a playoff run. So Chris and I are going to break down that game and what the future for this team could be in 2019. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the new Himalaya app. Wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter at LO Steelers. You can find us on Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit like on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. All right, Chris, how are you doing today? Doing fine, Tony. Doing just fine. How are you? It is a good day in Pittsburgh. The Steelers pulled it off. They got, they got away with one. Uh, I guess I, I was going to say in Indy, but this was a home game. So they got away with one at home against the Indianapolis Colts, winning 26-24. to 24. Uh, You know, this was this was the nail-biter, Chris, that you and I talked about on Friday. Uh, the, the Colts play close games. That's what they do every single game the Colts have played this year has been a one-score game. The Steelers have played in their own close games, right? Everything, you know, prior to... Uh, the, the game against the, the Bengals, right? Those last two, the 49ers and Seahawks, those were pretty close games as well. So this was kind of expected. Uh, the Steelers get away with one. G- give me your thoughts on the win. I think it's just one of those games they found uh, they found different ways to win. Uh, you know, they needed big plays from the defense. They needed big plays from special teams. They needed some big – they needed their offense to eventually do something. And uh, they got enough from those departments. Um and they needed a couple breaks to go their way, which, you know, you know, a lot of people, I, I've read a lot of things on social media saying, oh, the Colts lost this one. The Steelers, you know, didn't win it. Well, you know what? The, the, you, better, you better tell the 49ers they didn't beat the Steelers, that the Steelers beat, the, you know, beat themselves. You better go tell the Ravens that. Now you got to go tell the Seahawks that. But, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's a loss for uh, the Colts and a win for the Steelers. And it, this is their first time beating a team with a winning record. And it was a five and two team that has gone on the road to beat Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, two of the premier quarterbacks and teams in the NFL right now, especially in the AFC. So um, either, I, I, however you want to paint this, this is, this is a huge win for the organization, puts them back at four and four and, uh, and finishes off a second quarter of a season at three and one. They're on a three game win streak and the one game they lost was when they had to put in Devin Hodges in the middle of the game and uh, lost it in overtime to the Ravens, who are putting up a pretty good fight um, right now against the uh, against the Patriots as we speak. They're up 24-13. Yeah, this was, you know, this was a game, and I talked about this a bit on Friday, right, about how I, I felt like, you know, the, the Colts were going to regress to the mean at some point. They just had to with how they were playing, right, kind of getting away with games here and there, and how the Steelers really hadn't gotten away with one in a while, right? They, they've played some close games recently, but they hadn't really gotten away with a close win. Um, and this was, you know, to me, I don't know. I, I think this is probably, at the end of the day, going to say more about the Colts than it is the Steelers. I think, you know, the Steelers, like you talked about, right? They needed, boy, they needed some things to go their way because there were a lot of things in this game that didn't. And there's a lot of things to criticize in this one. But, you know, you're right. The, the result itself, huge for the Steelers. Getting back to 4-4, four and four, we'll see what happens with the Ravens tonight and whether or not they can... Pull this one off, and like you said, it looks like they're going to. But regardless, 4-4 four and four puts the Steelers back into the picture 
in the AFC. It gets them, you know, to 500. And now this team can legitimately start talking about where they position for the sixth seed, for the fifth seed, stuff like that. And, you know, if, if the Ravens were to lose tonight, of course, it puts them back in the race for the division as well. Um, but, you know, but all that being said, right, when you're looking at the play on the field, well, okay, that's that's where I would say, okay, there, you know, there's some there's certainly some things to work on, Chris, coming out of this one. Well, absolutely. I mean, again, they're a, they're still a, a young team across the board, pretty much. Um, you know, and, and the, the guy, again, they're working with a a backup quarterback who's now in his fifth NFL start. Um, uh, and, and I think that that's it's it's worthy of note in those games. They're also, uh, or they, I think they're 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 what three and two in his starts. So. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, sure. There's sloppy play, you know, Juju dropped a pass over the middle that he should not have. Um, that resulted in an interception. Um, you know, Jalen Samuels had a rough fumble. I think Rudolph early on, the checkdowns were working, but the, uh, the Colts started to, to jump on that and he really didn't adjust, um, enough to keep the ball, the, 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 the chains moving yeah. at times. Um, but Still, I mean, you look at them, the, they're finding ways to win. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick with the pick six that he had, um, just it, it just it changed everything for the defense. And in the defense early on, they were giving up those underneath passes to Hoyer and Brissett. And, uh, you know, it was looking rough because they weren't able to, you know, stop that efficient offense at the Colts run. And then in the second half, they just locked it down. They gave up 50 nine passing yards in the second half and that's not that's not including the yards they would technically lose because of the sacks that they had in the second half yeah a uh, huge turnaround for the defense and and that's what ultimately speaks to me tony is that this defense continues to make good adjustments they continue to make big plays and they continue to put the steelers in a in a place to win they they certainly got the turnovers again in this game. Although uh, you know, okay, so one of the turnovers was on special teams. The other one was on a fourth down play. So technically a turnover, although you know it was going to be a turnover on downs regardless of if he uh, yeah, a turnover is a turnover. Yeah, well, it, okay, but but right, it was going to be a fourth down play. So um, you know, it was going to be a turnover regardless. But like I was going to say, the the fact that they were able to get turnovers in this game, I think, is the big thing, right? Because remember, we went into this coming in talking about how the the Colts don't give up turnovers. They had they had turned the ball over just seven times going into this one. So it was always going to kind of be like the unstoppable force versus the immovable object type situation. Um, can this defense continue to do what they've been doing over the past couple weeks? And the answer to that question was yes, right? They the, the, the turnover in this game, the big one, the one that counted for the defense, the one that mattered for the defense, was the pick six from Minka. And that is, without a doubt, the biggest play of this game. Because look, let's look at the situation that they were that they were in right there, right? The Steelers had just turned the ball over on downs. The, the the Colts are first and 10 from the 20-yard line. I mean, they're looking to score there. Uh, they're looking to take what is what could have potentially been like a 17-3 lead at that point, Chris. So Minka coming up with that play, you know, we talk about this every week, right? But Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, seems like every week is just trying to prove I am, I am worthy of this first-round pick. Please believe me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that we said when he, when they picked him up that this, this guy – um, that th this guy is a dog. I mean, he, he goes out there and he makes plays and, uh, and he changes everything about the defense. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, having an X factor like that, um, you know, it, 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 force, it forces offenses to be, to be scared. Uh, um, and, and, you know, when you also look at, uh, I mean, I mean, look, look at how, look at how, look at how teams have to respect certain players. Like when you have an Earl Thomas, when you have like, you know, a Paul Amalu and Ed Reed, you know, a guys that are big time. Um, 
the you know, guys that are big time playmakers that can play that single high safety. It's such an important role. And when you're when you can fly around the field and play several spots, it's it, it's also another thing. That's what Polamalu did. But being able to play center field and jump all over plays like that, it's it's something that's so it's so valuable. I mean, and some of the highest played players in the league, Earl Thomas, Kevin Byard, Tyron Matthew, you know, it's, it's it, it is it is a crucial role to have and now the Steelers finally have a guy that does that and does it extremely well yeah uh, and that pick six you know I, I talked to Joe Hayden after the game and he said Joe said that you know he saw the pass coming and he just dove to try and knock it down and he said like he just he he, he dove and he just landed on his head and when he he, he just all, all he saw was Minka flashing by and he said as he rolled over he saw Minka on the 20 and he just put his hands up because he knew they weren't st- they weren't stopping him that's the the confidence that Binka Fitzpatrick inspires in the defense and is that a veteran like Joe Hayden who's been the captain of the defense before he even he's looking at this kid like all right like we we, he got it we we got we got this now um that that you can't you can't put dollars on on that right now for this no he's he's an absolute game changer and and he I mean and when I say that I mean that literally like he changed this game because this was arguably the worst three possession stretch that the, the Steelers defense has had maybe all year. I mean, you know, you can go back to week one and talk about some of the bad play they had in that game, but that was against Tom Brady. You look at the three-game stretch in this game, starting with when Brissett went down, that drive, which ends in a touchdown that Brian Hoyer threw. The very next drive, like I said, they are the, the Colts are driving down for another potential touchdown. If they were to convert there, if, Minka, if you take Minka off the team and they convert again, they gave up a touch on the very next drive. You're talking about three straight touchdown drives for this defense, but we're not talking about that today, right? We, we, we could be talking about a team that was down 24-3 to, to three in the first half if you just remove one play from Minka Fitzpatrick from this game. I mean, that is, that is the kind of game-changing play that this team has so lacked in the secondary for so long, and uh, it's the kind of thing that allows us to take what was a, a, a you know a poor three-possession stretch and turn into a positive because while yes they gave up 14 points on those two drives they got seven on another one and all and so it's a it's a net seven for uh for Indy much like on the safety that's you know we talk about turnovers right the Mason gets a safety poor play by him should have got rid of the football not knowing where he was on the field bad play from Mason but the Steelers turn that into a net positive the they the, the Colts get two points the Steelers punt they turn it over and get a field goal on the very next drive. That's a net positive for the Steelers. So it's those kind of little plays in this game that made all the difference. All right, actually, we've got to go to break, Chris. When we come back, I want to talk to you more about the defensive play in this game. You're continuing to live with life uh, without Stefan it right after this. Hey, before we continue, I want to let you guys know about Roman. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to lasting longer in bed. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting. But don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL for $10 off and free two-day shipping. 
GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. All right, so Chris, we talked last week about you know the, the adjustments that Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin made without Stephon Tewitt, the one down lineman look that they that they went to against the Dolphins. Did some of that again today. You know, the Colts, Chris, you know, they have one of the better offensive lines in the league. And I mean Quentin Nelson, we've talked about him last week and how good he is. What do you think about the line play in this game and specifically, you know, what the Steelers were doing there with their one the, the continued use of that kind of one down lineman look? Yeah, that's the um um yeah that that's the thing. That's the one five five defense and uh, it's uh, you know, and it's it's it requires you to have a lot of moving pieces, and it also requires a lot more discipline from those moving pieces because they have to jump from gap to gap to gap. They because they have to run from here to there to everywhere, and um, it, it also allows the offensive line to kind of build up momentum. They can get they can get, get to the second level a lot easier. And now you're you're asking a lot more because now you're as you're saying, hey, stop Quentin Nelson, but now he's got you know two or three yards of momentum built up from firing off the ball instead of having to hit you as soon as he gets up. So it, it's a challenge. Uh, but part of that's also, they knew the Colts were a, uh, you know, were a tough running team. I think they came into the, to this, to the game averaging over 130 yards on the ground. Uh, and they got just about that in this game. Um, but they didn't allow it to control the game. You know, there were times that it, that the Colts were able to, to, to use it to balance out their offense, but when they needed to run the clock out and try to get in field, good field goal range, uh, at the end of the game, it didn't work. Um, uh, so, yeah, so the, absolutely, it, it works sometimes. And early on, early on, Brian Hoyer was reading it, especially with the passing game. Yeah. He was he was checking down. He was finding the weak spots. And then, like, I, I talked to all the guys about this. I talked to Minka, Terrell, Joe Hayden, uh, Bud Dupree, um, Mike Hilton, all the guys, and I was just like, hey, he came out. I even talked to Steven Nelson. They were all like, yeah, we noticed that he was getting the ball out quick and just trying to fire it, fire into like where the weak spots were. Yeah. So we just said, we got to tighten up and attack the football. And, and that's the half, that's one of those halftime adjustments that these Steelers continue to make and try to adjust. It was like when people say the Steelers don't adjust, when people say that Steelers, the, the Steelers defensive coordinator, the coach, they're just sitting on their hands, hoping that the defense makes plays. That's just complete and utter nonsense. And, and if you studied the game, you'd know that. And so I, but I understand it. A lot of people, they're not into they, they don't look into the game that far. That's what our job is, Tony. We're here to give you that insight. But if you're listening, just know the coaches are, are busting their butts to get these guys to see what, what they're seeing and to, and to, take advantage of things and that's happened i mean the the the, the colts had a, had less than 60 yards passing in the second half that's in today's nfl that's domination on the part of a defense it is although look i mean you know we, we can't sit here and say that the defense had a perfect performance right i mean this this was a team that was kicking the, the colts were kicking a game winner at the end there um and you know i'm not i'm not saying this is a, this is a key other problem or, or a coaching problem right but you know, there were a couple times in this game late when you would have liked to see the defense get a big stop in a big moment. I'm thinking specifically of after Jalen Samuels' fumble, because uh, the Steelers were at that point had a five-point lead. Felt like really on that drive offensively, they could have dr- driven down and put the game away. Bad fumble on Samuels' part, but right after that, um, the, the Colts go down and score a touchdown, take the lead back at that point. And then, of course, the last drive, which, you know, we'll get to this with all the challenges and the weird officiating late in that game. Um, but there was, you know, there was the deep pass along the sideline that kind of set up Brian Hoyer. Well, not but, but, but also, I mean, the Tony, let, let, let's be honest about that. I mean, yeah, they did give up two tough drives in the, in the second quarter. And those were, um, the, the, you know, those were, those were bad, but they also 
scored defensively. And in the in the second half, the, let's, let's their, their drives were they uh, they they got they forced a fumble, they forced a punt, then they got a fumble on this with special teams. Um, they forced a three and out with uh you know with uh, with with a punt, and then uh, they gave up a touchdown off a turnover. And and it was a it was a fourth down play where. Uh, it was a, just there was just one miscommunication in the back of the end zone. But again, their backs are up against the wall after they just forced another third three and out. Um, you know, I, I'm not. I I think the defense is playing at, at a at a very good level right now. No, I'm and, not saying it's not playing at a high level, but I'm I, I'm look. I'm going to call a spade a spade, right? I mean, those were the the the, the miscommunication on fourth and two. You want to get a stop there, right? That, that that's the oh, defense mean, sure, needs but to get a stop. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but Tom Brady's not you know lighting up the Ravens right now either. It's, it's, it's like you know like, there's mistakes. It's just it, it, that, that's going to happen in football. And again, I'll take I'll take that in a game. Where, you know, if you if you had come into this game and said really. Uh, the I mean, and if you, if you consider the, the Colts are going to basically score 17 points, which basically when you take the touchdown from Minka, you know, and and, and apply that, they ba- the ba- the defense basically gave up 17 points in in this game, and you know if you had, if you if you had told me that beforehand, I think I would have taken it and said, okay, the Steelers did a good chance to win this game with the way that they played with the way that they played offense, um, and uh, and that's 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 just my thing, Tony, is that you, you we if we pick apart everything, the thing, yes, there are mistakes, but by and large, this defense is one of the best in the NFL, and they're making plays. And that last drive where they really only moved the ball about 25 yards, I, I thought that was a bogus call on Steven Nelson. Uh, he The ball was not catchable. It was well over Pascal's head. And Nelson even put his hands up. He was he was running free. He was, I'm, I'm not touching him because I know he's not going to catch that. And they happened to trip on each other. And the refs call the flag. And I thought Tomlin was right to challenge that because there's no way you can look at that and say, yeah, he interfered. Not only was it not a catchable pass, but there was no there it was there was no contact. You could say that, oh, yeah, he interfered with Pascal's right to catch the ball. And then on the very next on the on the same drive, was it was the very next play when Pascal clearly I mean, you see him push into Nelson's back create the separation that allows him to catch the ball. If he doesn't do that, he doesn't catch it. It's offensive pass interference. It's even more blatant than when they reversed it when Terrell Edmonds was called for it against the Seahawks, a game in which the defense was called being so bad for uh, 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 And without that call, they probably win the game. I, I, I don't put those plays on the defense. And, and at the end of the day, they still made the plays to win because the Colts said, hey, we got Marlon Mack. We have one of the best offensive lines. We're going to shove it down these guys' throat. And they said, no, you won't. And Bud Dupree, who had two sacks and a huge tack- tackle for loss uh, on the on Marlon Mack on the final play of the game, well, final play of, uh, of the final run play of the game for the Colts, that pushed them just far enough back, and Vinatieri missed a horrible kick. Uh, but the, the defense, to me, they're playing well enough to win. They're playing more than well enough to win. I'm not, I, and I'm putting, I'm saying that's that's on that's on adjustments that they've made because they're still missing Stephon to it. That's a huge missing piece. Cam Hayward's still work, working hard. TJ watched to perform. Bud Dupree's playing the best that he's ever seen. And if he continues to play like this, it is tough to call him a first round bust anymore because he's playing like a first at a first round level right now. You got Joe Hayden had a good game. Stephen Nelson had a good game. Sands those sands those calls that I think were ridiculous. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is truly elite. Terrell Edmonds still looks good out there. I mean, all in all, this defense is playing well. They, but Chris, they, Chris, they, Chris, Chris, Chris. They, yeah. the, the, the Colts were going to kick a game winner. So like all of that being said, yeah, they right? Got back and they missed it. I mean, at the end of the day, again, right, that's results-oriented thinking. No, 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 you can't. Don't be results-oriented, man. Come they're on. not even in the conversation. Okay, look. 
uh, look, I, I'm not even trying to be critical of the defense here. I'm literally just trying to point out that like it wasn't a point. We're trying to make it sound like it was a perfect game from the defense. I think that there were there's room for improvement in that. Hey, I would like to see them stop Brian Hoyer, the, the effectively the Colts' third string quarterback, on fourth and two to not you know to not give that up. And then on the on the last drive, yeah, I would like to see them get a stop there. Now I will agree with you that officiating in the NFL is horrendous, and I'm you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that officiating is at its top level. I don't think Tomlin should have challenged those two plays for 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 the simple reason that as we've learned over the first nine weeks, the NFL has taught us anything. It is that we are not changing pass interference rules, right? And what um, the Steelers needed at that time, Edmonds with the Seahawks because well, okay, but that's don't challenge that's an outlier, right? You know that that's an outlier, right? That's the one time. There's like three times this year that they've that they've overturned it. That's an outlier. But, do, but sh- okay, so should Pete Carroll have not challenged that play? Because if he doesn't, they probably lose, and the Steelers are sitting here at 5-3. and three. If Pete Carroll were doing it today, yes, I would say mathematically speaking, probability speaking, you are more likely to lose a timeout than overturn the play, yes. Well, 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 well then the, the Seahawks should have just quit that game. But that's, that's no, my that, point. I think it, those were legitimate challenges. They were saying, look, this was not pass interference. It's a legitimate look, challenge, but you know you're going to lose it. Well, you, right? I, I, you know I, you're going to lose I, it. Again. I feel like if you're gonna if, if you're gonna tell me this system is supposed to work and I see that I'm throwing that challenge flag and if nothing else I'm going into I'm going into the the, the the competition committee and saying y'all are full of it because these are the results and I've challenged these plays because here's the other thing that would have happened Tony say they don't challenge those and somehow the Colts end up winning this game. You know what everyone says? Mike Tomlin should have challenged those plays because those were No, clean. I do, but no, no. I think there is a play in this game that Mike Tomlin should have challenged that he didn't that I think he would have got way more criticism for if they had lost. And that is the Jalen Samuels play, which I do think he would have challenged. I think he would have lost it, but it's worth four points, right? That one is a guaranteed four extra points if he challenged it. I thought Jalen Samuels was in. You know, you send it up to Al Riveron, and you basically flip a coin. You go, okay, yeah, you flip I, a coin. I, I, Who I knows? In, but like, I it was in two Tony, but I was like, there's no way they should challenge that because uh, Google. It, <laughs> Sorry. <yeah. laughs> you okay. Well, my Google. I said, I said, I said, I used the keyword there, and it actually happened. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, it's okay. Um, but no, no, I, I thought, yeah, no, I mean, like, look, I think you you put that in Al Riveron's hands. You never know what's gonna happen. But because that was a play, I think it was second and goal. I believe it was. Um, or maybe it was first and goal, but anyway, regardless, the next play they ran uh, Trey Edmonds up the middle. They got stuffed, and then third down, maybe Mason threw it away. I, mean, I, I might have the the play sequence messed up there, but regardless, I felt like boy, you know, this is an offense that's look. They're not great at moving the football. You would love to just get the touchdown on the board here, throw the challenge flag. Maybe you waste a timeout, but it's the first half. But you get the touchdown, not the field goal. He elects not to do it, and I thought it was a mistake at the time. And as the game started playing out, and you started watching Adam Vinatieri kick that field goal. And I was like, boy, you know, he's really going to get killed for this because he sh- ultimately he should have challenged a play that could have put a touchdown on the board, and he didn't. And, you know, here we go. Now, you know, Vinatieri misses the kick, so it's not it doesn't become a big deal. But that was the one, if I thought, if he should have challenged anything, that was the one to challenge. I mean, I, 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 again, I agree with you that I thought that he was in, but at the same time, <laughs> we, we, we fought a lot of things this season. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just... I, I looked at that and I saw, I mean, and also the thing was, is that his knee was close to the ground. You could see that a Colts player was under it, but how many times have we said, Oh, that, that's clearly this. And then it, 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 it isn't that. And again, I, I think that the pass interference calls. Right. But would you rather, okay. If you took all three of those, take all three of his, of, of the challenges or the not challenges, which one would you m- most like him to challenge of the three? If I, if I had to choose one of the three, 
I would say I, I would I would say the Samuels one, but yeah. I take it I the reason I, t- I the reason I say yeah I'm not so sure about that because it was about to be second and goal at the one, and I gotta think look, we we got we gotta be able to win here, and, and that's something that you've said. If, if if I can't get a yard, I don't deserve the win. No, I, I mean yeah, no, I agree with that. I just felt like with it with this offense, and I do want to talk to you about this offense in a second yeah, here. Yeah. Um, I just felt like with this offense, ugh, you know, you you can't essentially you're taking points off the board by not challenging it, right? Because you have a chance of just getting the seven there. If you don't challenge it, you don't even have a chance. You have to, you know, you have to convert. Um, and I just feel like with the way this offense is right now. Please give me points. Please. Oh, no, give me I agree with that because right now this is not this is not Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Where we're like, yeah, who cares? We're we're gonna get this. Yeah. All right. Let's we have we have to go one more break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about all, you know what happened in this game offensively because eh, I don't know. I, 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 I I'm interested to see how you feel about it because I thought this was not a good offensive performance, but it ended well. So let, let's talk about it right after this break. All right, Chris. So we were just talking about the offense. Let, let's let's dive deep into this offense and and Mason Rudolph and you know whatever this offensive game plan was. It's not a game plan that we haven't seen before, right? We we've seen the Steelers use this kind of I'll call it a dink and dunk style of offense. Um, very much everything you know, kind of at or near or before the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I know they've used it in the past successfully. They did this against the Bengals. They did this against the Chargers. I just, you know, for whatever, I mean, and I know it worked against the Colts because the Steelers got the win, but I just don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I I also, again, I still think that this isn't necessarily a Steelers offensive game plan issue. This is a Steelers offensive execution issue. Yeah. Because um, I was live at the field, Tony, and there were several plays where I'm looking, I'm like, uh, you should have tossed it downfield here. Um now the thing is that's encouraging is that there were a couple plays where Mason Rudolph did throw the ball downfield. You know, there was there were plays like where Juju dropped it. Um, but there were some big James Washington catches and he really came through for his team. Uh so that's the 40 yarder. Um he had the, and the, there were two early conversions that he had that were um, you know, great catches and two of the best catches I've ever seen from him. Um, but then there were just other plays where I'm like, why aren't why aren't why aren't you trying to do a little bit more here, Mason? Um there was a it was right after the uh, it was the second down right after the recovered fumble on special teams and uh, and they drop back to pass and he checks down to Samuels and it's a four yard loss and you know it puts them in a rough spot and they're gonna eventually just gonna have to settle for a field goal after a huge turnover but live I couldn't see this again from any angles to confirm what I what I was seeing live but live I saw Vance McDonald clapping his hands for the football at the five yard line with no one around it. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe there was a safety floating that I just didn't, I didn't see live and I just got to wait to the all 22 to confirm what I was seeing, but it sure looked to me. And, and it sure looked to me like also like just Vance's physical reaction was we had them, but he didn't, but like he just jogged back to the huddle and didn't make a big deal about it because he knows he's working with a young quarterback and you can't, you can't like pile on him. You got to let him, you got to let him, let him, got to let him grow. Um, I still think there's plenty of those opportunities. And Tomlin even said that after the game, he, uh, he, he, someone asked him, you know, are you guys checking down a lot? And he said, no, Mason's doing that. And, you know, the, the you know, the, it's not a scheme problem. Yeah. And, uh, so kind of calling out the fact that Mason Rudolph is still, you know, having those youth problems. And, and, that, and again, I've seen a lot of people, you know, asking me questions on Twitter, you know, are they telling him to do this? No, they're not telling him to not look at wide open receivers 
20, 30 yards downfield. You know, the, you know, I, I think he's trying to not make the big mistakes and, uh, and hoping that, you know, the easier pass breaks into a bigger play. Um, but there, he's got to learn how to make those types of plays, Tony, because when he doesn't, uh, it, it's going to really put his team in a tough spot asking for Jalen Samuels to make, you know, make a guy miss after making another guy miss every, for, for the entire game. Yeah, just, you just have to wonder, like, is this ever, are the Steelers ever going to be really made to pay for this style of offense? Because you can argue, you can argue that, you know, that happened against the 49ers, but because the 49ers turned the ball over so many times, it, it kind of kept the Steelers in that game. And, and look, you know, Mason Rudolph finishes this game with stats that are, you know, respectable. 26 of 35, 191 yards, and a touchdown. But when you look at his, you know, the, the chart on next-gen stats, and you look at where, you know, the, 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 uh, the distribution chart, I mean, it is all at or behind the line of scrimmage, and you you talked about it, right? You know the reason, the, the kind of that this is this is Mason doing this and not Feekner coaching it, and you can kind of tell this because a lot of times, you know, I, I kept joking throughout the game, Mason gives lip service to the idea that that he's going to throw the ball down the field, right? He goes back to pass, he's got that five step drop, he's look, you know, he's scanning the field like he's going to throw, and then oh, it's a dink, right? And it just happened every single play. It was a you know, it was like Groundhog Day watching Mason Rudolph back there. Oh, he drops back. He looks down. Oh, he checks it down to Jalen every single play. Um, look, they got away with it, and Jalen Samuels had a hell of a game uh, as a receiver on the ground, but maybe not. He had eight carries, 10 yards, but, man, as a receiver, 13 catches for 73 yards in this game. He was, you know, he was really the uh, the focal point of the offense um, when it came to Mason Rudolph. But, you know, if we are, you know, I, I know it's it's still early in Mason Rudolph's career. He's, he's started five times here, uh, but... You know, if we're if we're a jury trying to decide whether or not Mason Rudolph, you know, what what kind of quarterback Mason Rudolph is, how close are you to kind of coming to a verdict at this point on, on Mason being, you know, that we've this is you know this is now game five and he's looking very similar to what we've seen in games one through four. I mean, I, I'd say that I think he's coming along. I I, I don't judge quarterbacks after five games. Um, yeah, it just. I think that we still have a lot to see from this guy. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's also, how is he taking on the challenges? You know, you know, he came out, he came out with the juju interception and he still was looking to make plays. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it, again, the NFL is a week to week league. I think that he's doing enough plays here and there to keep, to, to stick with the game. Uh, and that's the thing. None of the games he's played in have, they've been completely out of, you know, the, and part of that, yes, is the defense, but when there's been pressure on him to deliver and at least move the ball, He's done that, and uh, I, I think that's a huge part of uh, why you know the Steelers still have confidence in him, and it's just part of the learning process. I, I, you know, I brought this up I think last week on the show. You know, Dak Prescott was nowhere near the quarterback he is now when he first started you know playing, and you know, and, and when when the game was on his shoulder when he was younger, you know, it was it was tough because he wasn't able to make the reads. He didn't know the offense as well. The offense wasn't really built around him enough to to be able to make those type of adjustments. Now he's making those calls. He's yeah. he, he's switching up the plays, and people are thinking, okay, we can do this, we can do that. Um, you know, I, I think that the uh, I think that Mason's going through a similar thing, and you know, Dak is a fourth round draft pick. Uh, Mason's a third round draft pick. Um, I think that the, you know they're they're in a similar similar caliber where they have the talent to be a starting quarterback. They just need the experience. They need to go through the war stories. They need to pick up. They need to learn from their mistakes. You know, it's it's like. You know, for for my fellow uh, kids that grew up in the '90s, yeah, it's, it's like Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. You got to get messy, make mistakes. You know, it's that's how that's how a lot of quarterbacks learn it. I mean, Ben had plenty of those games growing up. Um, so, 
I think that Mason is still progressing. I think that he's he's making plenty of mistakes, but I like that he he still has the demeanor to come out and still try and make the the big plays when he has the opportunity to. Yeah, it was you know I I know I know this sounds bad on a Steelers podcast, but I was kind of hoping that uh, that Vinatieri would make the field goal at the end, just to kind of just to see. Right, there was a game in in Ben's rookie year. Uh, they were facing the Jaguars. It was on Monday Night Football, and the Jaguars like hit a late field goal or, or took the lead very late in that game. And it was and I remember thinking to myself at the time, I thought you know I'm gl- I'm kind of glad that the Steelers are losing right now, and we get to see Ben Roethlisberger. In this situation, I wanted to see Mason Rudolph in a similar situation. Down, late in a football game, pressure on the line. You can't think and dunk here. You got you to drive the ball down the field and lead this team to victory. He hasn't really been asked to do that yet. The, the closest you could say was, was last week against the Dolphins. He was down 14 in that game, but... Um, you know, it's the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, well, well, so, those, are the, those are the same Dolphins that your boy Sam Darnold got whooped by today. They they did yes no the listen the the Jets and the uh, the Jets and the Bengals are the big winner today when it comes to the two although I don't know if the Jets are in the two a thing clearly they're tanking because at the deadline you know they were looking to unload the house but what are they I don't know what they're tanking for exactly uh, they might, we, maybe they get Chase Young oh that's a good one actually actually of course they're tanking yeah what am I talking about of course they're tanking for Chase Young yeah they're a big winner actually in that one but I just you know I just you know you know what I'm saying right I just want to see Mason in that spot at this point, right? Because, you know, we've seen him in some easier spots when, when you know, there's not a whole lot of pressure on the line and, and you know, he can kind of do his thing and, and do just enough to get this team over the finish line. Um, I, I just, you know, and, and look, he's certainly going to be tested in that way throughout the season. You've got the Rams coming up next week. You have to imagine that's going to be another close game. Uh, the Browns, I know the Browns are the Browns right now, but that game in Cleveland should still have the atmosphere of a, you know, of a very hostile environment. Mason's going to have to put up some uh, some numbers in that game. And then you've got the Bills defense coming up later in the year. I want to see him tested in those, right? Because, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, he's he's going to be a check down quarterback for his entire career, but that's what we've seen from him so far. I just I, I want to see him expand on that in this next coming run. No, I, I agree. I think that he has to expand on it for the, for this team to go anywhere because they're going to have games with the defense. Again, the defense is also very young. You got Luka yeah. Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, and Devin Bush in the middle of your defense, and neither none of them are older than 23 years old. Um, are any of them older than 22, actually? I forget. Huh. But either, either way, that's extremely young guys sitting in the middle of your defense and the core part of it. Um, so – I, I just think that there's a, there's a lot of things that, that 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 have to happen for the Steelers moving forward. But one of them is at least Mason Rudolph becoming a little bit more consistent. This is the first full game that he's played that he hasn't thrown two touchdowns in, and uh, um, and, and I think that was telling. But again, this is the the Colts. They're a well coached team. Frank Reich has has put them at a level where they've been competent. They've made plays. Um, you know, and, and again for the for the defense. They were up against the fifth best red zone offense in the in the NFL, and uh, they gave him some hard times when they was getting down there. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, uh, the that one that you know you got to take it one step at a time. But and yes, they do need to see better out of Mason Rudolph, especially against a team like the Rams. I think they're going to need him to put up some points. Yeah. Um. But uh. But you know, it's it's still this is his fifth NFL start. You know, he's coming off of and, and I mean to be honest, you know, he's got back to back wins now. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, this is his third game that he's played an entire game and you know, an entire game in that he's won in a row. 
Um, so, yeah, I got, I got, I got to count. He's at least looking up because he's, he's, he's making, he's been able to make plays here and there, and they've still won with him in there. And eventually, and here's the thing: is that it would be different if he was being wildly inconsistent and they play, he played really great and they still lost because then I'd be like, well, that's bad because now the Steelers are in trouble because they got, they finally got that game for Mason Rudolph and they didn't do anything with it. There's still a chance that he could, you know, young quarterbacks, they explode for big games. We've seen it with Jared Goff. Uh, We've seen it. I mean, well, Patrick Mahomes is the exception to the rule because he's just great almost all the time. Um, But we've all seen where, you know, like Gardner Minshew had a three touchdown game the other week. And this week he was completely horrible against the Houston Texans. So, you know, I I think that Mace Rudolph is due for a game like that at some point. Um, And it's a good thing for the Steelers that they've been able to win without him doing that, because that shows they have continuity across the board. What do you, uh, what do you think about uh, the play of Trey Edmonds in this game? Uh, you know, he was asked to come in. Look, he's been a, a practice squad guy, more of a special teamer. He had a big play in this game. You know, uh, it was uh, Terrell on the sideline, uh, hyped up about it. What do you think about his play? And and you know the fact that now he's likely to be more involved in this offense as Benny Snell has to sit out. Also, we should mention that James Conner. It was reported just before the start of this game he may be in jeopardy. Uh, next week against the Rams, so may see more of Edmonds against the Rams as well. Oh well, yeah, Jalen Samuels took eight carries for ten yards, but Terrell, uh, Trey Edmonds took him twelve for seventy three. Now, granted, a huge chunk of that was on a forty five yard run, so the rest was eleven for about you know twenty eight yards. But still, the fact that he had that big play is a very good sign for him. Um, you know, he runs hard. That's why. That's why they brought him in. Brought him in here. Um, you know, he at least di- he at least did that. He gave them some threats, you know, in the middle. He, you know, he didn't. He, and I, I thought this was also impressive that he was falling forward as well. Um, you know, in the game, whenever he was getting hit, he was often, you know, keeping his momentum going. Um, so, I, I, I like what I see out of that, especially for a guy that's filling in. You know, if this was, if he was, if he was, a, you know, a, a, a higher draft pick, that yeah, this would be disappointing. But this guy is you spent. This is a guy you spent absolutely nothing on. He's in here because your two of your top three running backs are hurt. And when you get 73 yards on 12 carries, I'll take that from that guy any day of the week in it, when you're asking for him. So um, now, now should the Steelers just be like, oh, yeah, he's the new guy. No, 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 not saying that. But I'm saying as a fill-in job, this was a solid performance from Trey Edmonds, and he should be proud. And the Steelers should probably consider, you know, hey, we should try to make sure we keep this guy around somehow. Um, you know, even when guys get healthy, and I'm not saying keep a roster spot for him, but I am saying, you know, find try to see if you can find some way to protect him. Yeah, the, you know, he'll definitely go back to the practice squad. Look, the Steelers right now, I think, are carrying six running backs when you can, when you include yeah. Roosevelt Knicks. You know, that, obviously, that's not going to continue, but it's going to continue for a little bit because you got Benny Snell who's gone for a couple weeks, and and, and as I said, uh, reports were before the game that James Conner is in jeopardy of missing the game against the Rams. As well, which I mean, well, we should, you know, that also puts him in jeopardy potentially for that game against the Browns because that's a Thursday game the following week. So uh, we shall see. But, you know, I, I think I think Trey Edmonds has a place certainly for the time being while Benny Snell is gone. And he and he look, he fits that kind of Benny Snell type of guy. He's a big dude, keeps the legs churning. Um, I, I liked what I saw from him in this game. You know, we'll, we'll see what, what, you know, what he does against the Rams. We're going to see a lot more Jalen Samuels. Samuels has to get going as a runner a little bit more. Uh, you know, the, the fact that he was, you know, he was, what, one yard a carry or whatever in this game, it just wasn't good. Where he made his mark was, again, was was in the passing game. But, you know, if it's going to be the kind of, if he's going to be the kind of guy where, you know, we don't have to worry about him in the running game, 
uh, that could that that could make things a little bit more difficult for Mason and the passing game. So um, we'll we'll see what happens going forward. I, I like the Trey Edmonds experiment so far working out, and they also tried out you know a couple more things with Deontay Johnson with a little runs with Deontay. Um, they also had Tony Brooks James in this game for in this game for a little bit. Uh, I think he had what did he have, did he have a carry in this game? I think he did have a carry. Tony Brooks. Yeah, he did have one. It went nowhere. Yeah, it went nowhere. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I, you know a lot, of, a lot of people were excited about Brooks James because he was a, a a fast running back from or from Oregon, right? Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we'll the see. We we'll haven't had a feed back in quite some time. As I was just gonna say, yeah, they, they haven't had like a, a real game breaker at running back. One of the big criticisms late in Le'Veon's career in Pittsburgh was that he wasn't that big chunks running back anymore. Oh no. Um, so. You know, getting that guy again at the running back position could be interesting. Doesn't look like it's going to be Tony Brooks James, or at least it wasn't on the one carry he had. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all for listening. We have a lot more to talk about in this game. And, and of course, we're going to start previewing next week's game against the Rams, another big one. The Steelers cannot just get to 500. They got to 500. They could be above 500. Think about this. An 0-3 football team just a couple weeks back, 0-3, looked down and out. You know, everyone was talking about this team having a top five pick. They could be a game above 500 a week from now if they pull off another win, this time against the L.A. Rams. We're going to have a lot to talk about this week. Before then, Chris, let people know where they can find your work. As always, find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. And if you follow me, I follow you back. Feel free to hit me up anytime. I talk with plenty of fans. Uh, Shout out to Dion. Uh, Deion Johnson, you came out, you, you hit me up, man. You said you would come in town, and we were able to meet up at uh, in the North Shore. Uh, so, yeah, if you're ever coming to town, hit me up, guys. I'll, I'll give you suggestions as best as I can. I, again, I work a lot of jobs, so, so if I'm not responding, it's not personal. It's just business. It's just me being busy. <laughs> but um, uh, but I, I will say this. I'm always happy to interact with you guys, especially people who are excited to come to Pittsburgh or come back to Pittsburgh and they want to know what they should do or they want to just meet, you know, people that they we, – we, we appreciate you guys so much as our listeners. You guys help – you know, help us make a great show uh, by always interacting with us. And if you want to keep helping us make a great show, please go on iTunes podcast right now. If you're listening to this and you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button. Please leave us a five-star rating and leave us a positive comment with it. Those kind of things really help us boost our boost our numbers and really help us, you know, make a better show for you guys because then we're able to show the world that this is the best Steelers podcast around. And if you also want to find my work, go to DKPittsburghSports.com right now. You can sign up for just a 99-cent trial, and you can read my Carter's Classroom column. I got a whole story on Minka and how the rest of the defense feels about him as well as how he's been playing and why he's my midseason Steelers MVP, but go and check that out on DKPittsburghSports.com. Hard to argue. Hard to argue with Minka being the MVP. I like that. Although, you know, Bud Dupree's played really well. You know, TJ yep. Watts played really well. Yep. There's uh, a lot yeah. of candidates, which there, is a very is. good sign for the defense. Exactly. All right. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Courser K on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five-star review. Said this, that Locked on Steelers is the most insightful Steeler podcast. Appreciate that. Like Chris said, leave a, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, five-star reviews do help us spread the word about the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked on Steelers.